Hey, lady. Today, I have Ashley Wallace on. Ashley and her husband, Branson, were actually stationed in Kodiak with us while we were there. And while we were more so acquaintances at the time, I can now, again, thank this passion project for this now budding friendship. Ashley is insanely sweet, and she just shares her heart so honestly. She takes us through the five-year-long journey of infertility, and you guys, she's still going through it, which makes it even more incredible to hear the positivity that she just exudes. She tells us about the emotion that is felt when she's been asked the question, when are you going to have kids? This question that every woman receives so casually and what it has been like to alter this lifelong plan that you have for you and your family and to begin considering adoption. She's truly chosen to pivot and see the blessings and beauty hidden amidst so much disappointment and pain. I believe this conversation is invaluable And I know it's going to help change the narrative around how we approach women through this journey to motherhood. But before I share my conversation with Ashley, I want to share this review from DCH that just made my day. You instantly feel a connection to Sarah. Learning her background and who she is as a person makes you feel like you've been friends forever. These stories are so personable, real, and make you feel like I'm not alone on this journey of motherhood. I love how heartfelt this podcast is. I highly recommend listening to Sarah. Spread the word to your friends. We all know a mom out there who needs to hear her inspiring message. I can't wait to hear more and maybe one day share my own story. Dear girl, that is it. That is totally it. Thank you so much for taking the time to write this beautiful review. You guys, I can't explain to you how meaningful it is to hear from you all and I do know, I do believe that these stories and honestly, these reviews from you could be what it takes to inspire another mama to listen in and hear the words and hear these incredible women get honest. And I think it takes them to a special place. So thank you. Please, if you love this podcast, if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Okay. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Mama Inspired Podcast. Whether you're struggling to become the mama you've always known you're meant to be, or you're holding that miracle in your arms, hear me now when I tell you that you are not alone, and that on the other side of this hard, a brand new life awaits you. Hey lady, I'm Sarah Wayne Scott. I'm here to encourage a more enlightened, compassionate, and empowered mom collective. I believe that through guru guidance, stories from mamas just like you, and a whole lot of momspiration for me, we can begin to make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. So swap out the breast pad, wipe off the barf, (laughs) it's mama time. Hello, Ashley. How are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really happy to have you on the show. My, This is actually, while it's not going to air as the very first um, guest interview, it is my very first guest interview recording. We've gone through a couple of kinks thus far, but we've made it through. Um. Anyway, thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really stoked to be here. 
I think everybody's going to be really moved by your story. Um, but before you get into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? And then when you're ready, start start from the beginning, whatever that, wherever that is for you. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll do my best. Um, so my name is Ashley Wallace. I am originally from Cheyenne, Wyoming. I am 30 years old. Um, I am married to Branson Wallace. We are both active duty Coast Guard. Um, and, um, we're currently stationed in New Orleans, Louisiana together, but we actually met you in Kodiak, Alaska, where we moved from last year. Um, so I guess my story actually has to do with, um, infertility and just the process that we've gone through as a whole, um, and, and where we are now in that process. So, um, to backtrack it, it happened in Kodiak, Alaska, um, my husband and I had been married for about two to three years already by the time that we started to discuss building our family and, and growing it. And we started, um, we tried for a couple of years and nothing seemed to work for us. And whether that was just because my husband was always underway um, during that tiny little itty bitty window that you're trying to get, you know, or, or whether or not it was other issues, we didn't know at the time. So in Kodiak, as you know, it's a very isolated little island in Alaska, 400 miles south of mainland Alaska. So things are a little bit harder for us there to get any type of medical help. So you have to go through your, your Coast Guard doctor. They have to approve you to go see somebody in town, which I, I finally got approval to do. I went into town and the doctor really was uh, very dismissive of me um, and just told me that I was young and that uh, it would happen when it was meant to happen. And so, you know, I, I went back home, head down with that and told my husband, like, you know, we're just gonna have to keep trying. And then the unimaginable happened. Um, it did, nothing happened. <laughs> so uh, from there, my husband kind of gave me the advice that I kind of needed at that time because I was trying to get into a pretty prestigious position and I, I really couldn't have a baby at that time. And he said, you know, it's a, maybe a, a silent blessing, you know, and we're, we're not supposed to have a family just yet because you're supposed to get this job. And it, it turned out it was true. And so I got really lucky. I got my dream job. And then um, we transferred to New Orleans. I got here and uh, every medical door was open to me being in a big city all of a sudden. So I went right to medical. I told them that I had been trying for about five years at that point and that I really needed some help. And so he sent me into town to see a fertility specialist where I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility because that's a diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> it is in the fertility world apparently that is the catch-all diagnosis crazy. yeah so that's our that's kind of our our current place yeah I know <laughs> and didn't you I feel like we when we talked about this last week you mentioned that you like literally all you had to say to this doctor when you walked in was we've been trying for five years and he was like like I'm not even gonna ask any more questions here you go Yes. hundred percent. Yes. He looked at my record. He was like, I see that you talked to somebody in, in Kodiak. How did that go? And the second I told him he, you could tell, you know, felt, felt terrible for me for, for how this process had gone and how I'd kind of, you know, been let down and struggled with this for so long and not had any of the answers that I needed. And he immediately wrote me a referral to go see somebody in town, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is important to point out just like for perspective. I know that when you're trying to get pregnant, 
or like when you're gone, going through hardship that revolves around your journey to motherhood, it's crazy because it's like at that moment, you see so many pregnant women, right? You like see so like you are just flooded with that. It's like everywhere you go, you're constantly seeing pregnant women. Well, for those of you who haven't lived in Kodiak, you need to know that that's what you do in Kodiak is you get pregnant <laughs> and have kids. Like if you, if you don't have the like baby bug, when you get there, you eventually will. And so I don't know. Like, I feel like it's almost an even tougher place to be going through that because it's like, I just feel for you so much because I can imagine being in that place and being there and seeing all, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's like such a perfect storm of a situation. It is. And we, oh, we love Kodiak. We're, we're so anxious to get back to it. It's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. We loved it. We love all of our friends there. We love the tight knit community, but I think it was, yeah, it was very hard to see all of our friends expecting and, and growing their families. And, you know, you know, you and I talked about this is that everybody asks every woman they run into, if you've been married over a year, the first question people ask you is, when are you going to start your family? When are you guys having kids? And that's a difficult question to answer when you're struggling with infertility. And at that point, I was still really embarrassed about it. And I didn't know how to tell anybody, hey, I'm trying and nothing's working. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's interesting that I've been having these conversations with these women, different subjects, different hardships, different losses, different grief, but everybody has like a few or one specific question or response or something that someone has told them that it's just like this really struck a chord. And the thing is, is people don't know they're doing it right. Like no one ever means harm. They never want their, they never understand that their curiosity can be a kind of a painful statement, but it is one of those things. And I, and I, I, for sure, I'm sure I've asked somebody, I mean, hopefully not, I can't think of an instance, but I, I mean, you know, we've all said things without ever knowing that situation and being in that place. It's really hard to know, but I mean, so tell me a little bit about the journey of that. I mean, how did you respond in the beginning? And then well, like, how do you respond now? Uh, I think I was really like dismissive at first. And it's, I think it's like the stages of grief in a way where like, at first I was really dismissive. I just put it at this wall. Oh, you know, we're having fun. We're hunting, we're fishing. Like we don't have time for that. And then after that, and I was really trying hard and I was tracking everything. And I was spending all this money on these high-tech fertility things that are going to make it happen, you know, this cycle and just dealing with that constant letdown, I was getting more and more sour about it. And I know I started getting really saucy. So if I was like mean to anybody, I apologize, but I know I got a little toot on me. And um, at that point I was like, um, we're infertile. Um, <laughs> we're trying. Okay. <laughs> um, so I know I was definitely a little saucy about it. It's like imagining somebody's face. Oh crap. Like I'm going to go now. I know they were. I know they were. Cause I know they were just like, Ooh, I struck a chord there. Don't you, don't you feel bad about that? <laughs> oh, no. I am so <laughs> I do know a hundred percent that I was really saucy about it. And, um, <laughs> and then I started thinking, I'm going to make this so uncomfortable for people because I want society as a whole to change where don't feel like it's okay for you to ask a woman, when are you going to grow your family? When are you guys going to have kids? Because you don't know what that person is going through. It's it's like asking a woman who's already given birth when she's going to have the baby. 
people just don't know and they do these things. And so I kind of felt like it was like my mission in life, yeah. I think, for a moment there to, <laughs> to stir up a ruckus, make people eat their words and think, maybe I shouldn't ask her when they're going to have a baby. So, yes, now I think now I think I'm much more comfortable with it. I'm not as like saucy and <laughs> I don't have my, my attitude anymore. Now, now I'm more respectful about it. And now. I just answer, you know, honestly and say, you know, we're really trying to start a family. It's not as easy as many people think. We are going through fertility treatments. We're also looking at adoption. We're trying. And the tone has changed drastically. I love that. How do people respond to you now when you say that? There's a lot of, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And then there's a lot of um, heartfelt, you know, I, I, I pray that everything works out for you guys and so much support. And I think... Um, getting to this point now has been really nice where I, I don't get asked that question anymore, which is huge for me to not receive that question. And then just to also have my friends support and for them to actually know what's going on in my life. And for me to open up to another woman who might be struggling with that. And maybe she doesn't want to tell anybody that she's struggling with it. And then to hear it from another woman to say that, you know, I am struggling. I think, I think that's a game changer. I think that, um, we need to not be embarrassed about it. And we need to speak to other women and, and make it known that it's a common thing. There's no reason to be ashamed. Yeah. Um, help each other, support each other. So I think it's been a good transformation. That's amazing. I think there's so much, so much power in that. And honestly, that's like, that's like one of the core reasons of why this podcast is becoming a thing in the first place is I had similar experiences like that. Similar things that people said to me when we were going through the miscarriages or any other different times in my life. And now looking back and thinking about how I responded to that and, and also having this conscious decision that, you know, opportunities arise when you get asked certain questions like that. It's an opportunity for you to just provide a little perspective and of course, like bring about awareness and just, it makes them think twice in the future and maybe not even just that specific question, but it makes them think a little bit more deeply about women and what they're going through and their own, their own daughters, their own sisters, their, their close friends. Like, you know, it really, I think changes the tone a little bit about maybe how we treat women and motherhood and the journey to motherhood in general. And I think that's really, really incredible and powerful. And, and I also think that it's important because and this kind of speaks to us just supporting one another and, and speaking to one another and, and checking in and having opportunities to be vulnerable because we've been taught since the beginning of time, we've been, we've been essentially trained to bottle up what we're feeling and not make somebody else uncomfortable, right? Like if it's an uncomfortable topic, like you need to figure this out and grieve and, and you know, like suffer in silence we're not going to know what to say. And someone may not really know like the situation. Well, yeah, that's so right. But this is an opportunity for me to, to a heal myself, speak my story, you know, and get the word out there because that's where change happens. And so anyway, I just think it's really important for women like you to stay strong on that because I think it's a ripple effect. So it's amazing. Good job. I, I could say the exact same thing to you. I think it's amazing that you're talking about miscarriages and things like that because, as we kind of already discussed, you know, it was a, um, it was, it's almost an embarrassment factor, but it's sure it shouldn't be. And sure. I think that um, 
we need to not pretend that it didn't happen and we need to be able to discuss it and empower other women and to let them know that it's okay. It's not you. You didn't do anything wrong, but it happens. And it's something that, you know, your story can empower other women and can uplift them and help them through something like this. And instead of having to bury their emotions, they're able to talk about it and know that it's normal. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think this podcast is amazing. I think it's going to normalize a lot of female issues that are not normal today. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. That's the plan. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Can I ask you, I mean, what do you feel like this insane five plus year journey, how has this changed the way you look at life or how you live your life in general? So I think, I think it's caused me to look at society completely different. In all honesty, I think that there's just some, I don't know, like a misunderstanding of what we think is supposed to happen in the timeline that things are supposed to happen in, you know, love, marriage, baby, next baby. Like there's no room for an infertility issue. Like at no point is that a normal thing today. So for me, I've looked at that as a whole quite a bit differently where I really focus on my family a lot more than I think I ever did. I was really, you know, focused on my career and um, where that was going and bettering myself as a person. And now I'm really looking at society differently and where I'm like more supportive, I think, of families. And I, I admire them a lot more. And I look at women, I don't know that I ever looked at them as if you know, I, I don't know. I, like a I wondrous, know. miraculous creature who goes through yeah. so much and you're like, yeah, yeah. I and you carry so much without anyone knowing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. I just didn't think of it like that. I just yeah. looked at it and it was a normal thing. And now I look at it today and I'm like, these women are struggling with so much and are still doing so much within the, the household and keeping this family together and struggling internally with these things. And I just, I look at us so differently now, just having gone through this myself. And I look at mothers today and just a whole nother light and they're amazing. We're amazing. The things yeah. that we're capable of doing is just incredible. And no man will ever get it. <laughs> like, God bless them for being in that room and holding our hands, but we'll never get it. It'll never be the same. I know. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a. Well, and you know, we're, we're both, we're both very blessed with the men that we have. I think that going Absolutely. through things like this, having a supporting partner is really incredible. And I know that just in our conversations, like, you know, it makes a huge difference. You know, I'm going to be talking to a single mom like next week and the, the story is different. The perspective is different and we're lucky. So it's definitely a blessing to count, but you were right going through all of it. It's like they, they, even though they feel it, they, they know it, they see it. No man is ever going to understand parts of this because it's not their body. It's not the innate nature that's in them. It's just a different connection. So yeah, I get that. Okay. One of the things I like, I'm so excited. I'm chomping at the bit to talk to you about is I think that this blog is like stellar stuff. And so I want you to share with everybody kind of the journey to the story of unveiling that, deciding to do it the moment you decided like it was time to jump on this bandwagon or that's probably a terrible way of saying it. <laughs> uh, this option journey. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, so 
since Branson and I have gotten, or since we have been married, I should say, um, I have always, always in my heart, just known that I was supposed to adopt a child. I just feel that we are so incredibly blessed. Um, and we are just supposed to do this. I just, I grew up in, um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. It wasn't the most wealthy of, of, of areas. And I saw a lot of poverty, you know, and I just always felt this calling that we were supposed to have two children of our own and we were supposed to adopt one. Um, and that was always our plan. When we got married, I told Branson he was on board and I was just amazed that I had a husband that um, supported me so fully and wanted to do this with me because he knew it was my calling. So our plan was always to have two of our own and then adopt one, always. And then when the fertility you know, treatment, so let me backtrack. We, uh, yeah. We got to New Orleans. We started going through a fertility treatment. We did three medicated cycles. And then from there, we moved on to IUI. So um, we've only done one IUI cycle. Unfortunately, it did not take. Um, and that's okay because it's common. It doesn't take on the first cycle. So through this course of us going through this fertility treatment and everything like that, uh, I brought the adoption back up and I told Branson, you know, I think it's time for us to look at adoption and maybe we'll just switch up the way that we're going to do it. Maybe we'll do adoption first and then continue our treatments and, you know, God will bless us with our, our own biological children. And I was like, and if he doesn't, then we'll look at adopting again. And Brian was all for it. He's very supportive in that. I know. I have like chills all over me. (laughs) He's so supportive. I I got really lucky. Um, I, I have an amazing husband. He's been a great support system. And he ended up actually, he was in his office one day and he was talking to a coworker and that coworker told him that she found her birth mother on Facebook and <laughs> I was kind of blown away. And, um, my husband was like, here's my wife's number. Can I have your number? I'm going to, I'm going to put y'all in touch together. Maybe you can discuss this a little bit further. And I had actually met this woman in my office, maybe like two months prior. So it was just kind of fate That's that amazing. it just all kind of came back around again. So I reached out to her that night. I talked to her for about an hour. She told me about all these Facebook pages on Facebook, um, like adoption groups. So I signed up for all of them. And then she sent me her Facebook page for her adoption. And I started looking at the adoption page and it just had a picture of her family and um, what their goal was and what their steps were and where they were in their adoption journey. And um, I really want to do this. May I do the same thing? You know, can I steal your idea? And she's like, steal away. Uh, (laughs) That night, my husband was actually at hunting camp. I was home because I had to work late that day. And I just started creating our adoption page. I uh, put it all together. I texted my husband and I told him I want to do this. And he was like, yeah, can I see it? I screenshotted it. Like, how much are you sharing? Yeah, he was like, yeah, like I'm all for it. Like, what do you, what is it? What's it look like? And yeah. I screenshotted it because I hadn't put it out there yet. I sent it to him and he was all for it, super supportive. And he's like, when are you in live? And I was like, I don't know, like five minutes. Like, is that too <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. And um, he was like, yeah, like if you're ready, you're ready. Oh and I remember my first post, I cried. I put the first post on there and I shared the page on my Facebook page. And then it went crazy from, from there, I had, I don't know how many of our friends, um, just so supportive. Everybody was commenting and before I knew it, we have about 8,000 views. We had over a hundred shares. People were sharing it and then putting their comments on it. 
I was ugly crying like every 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was amazing, but we ended up naming the adoption page, praying to adopt baby Wallace. And we put that on Facebook and um, you can see it today. And it kind of walks you through where we are and, you know, just our home study and um, a little bit about us. And I thought that that was really important and our prayers are that maybe it'll reach an, you know, an expected mother and that she'll look at Brain and I and, and think that we'll be good parents to um, her child. I just think that's so amazing. And like how incredible that we're in it. I mean, you know, that we're in a time where like, that's even an option. You know, I know Facebook has been around for a long time, but the ideas of like things like this, this is all somewhat newish, you know, like feeling like this is, there's enough people, there's enough word, there's enough, you know, like voices out there that somebody had this idea and it was genius. I'm so excited. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, really excited. (laughs) It's been an adventure and uh, every day I log on and I look at all these different adoption pages <laughs> yeah. and um, I share a profile and I talk to other, you know, hopeful adoptive parents and it's been really uplifting and motivating. And I know you and I had kind of talked about just the support that you receive online through social media today is just overwhelming and incredible. I don't think I would be at this stage in my life where I'm comfortable with infertility and and what I'm going through without the support that I've received from these amazing women via social media, women I've never met before, sure. check in with me and um, and ask me how my IUI went, or um, you know, send me texts and just well wishes. It's it's incredible. It really, really is, and it's it's heartwarming. And I feel like it's it's more than I ever expected. It's literally like you have this this light bulb goes off. You're like. And you're just um, like brought to your knees because you're realizing like this was all for this. Like I, you know, now have the, I don't know, like it's, it's changed the way you're looking at the situation. It's changed the way you looked at the journey before it. And you now, if for nothing else, it's so that I can help other women because you're just, you just sparked so much of people sharing stories and wanting to be a part of yours. And I just think that there's nothing quite like something like this, like getting vulnerable and speaking out that actually really does that. One of the things that I read in one of your posts on the Facebook page, God has a way of closing doors and opening windows and steering you in the right direction you just have to open your heart to it. And I just think like, what a perfect example of this, like you in this blog, you decided to pivot a little bit and open yourself up to this option. And I guess it's something that you've always thought you wanted to do, but it's not, it wasn't in the plan as far as like the numerical order. And you maybe didn't think it was going to be so soon and in this form and fashion, but like you are where you are right now because you realize that maybe all of this was like this part of the journey. It's all for this piece of it. Yeah. Is that where you're feeling you're at? Cause that's where it feels like, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I feel like it didn't happen in Kodiak because I was meant to be in this career field that I'm in right now. And I was meant to do this job that I'm, I'm doing now. And in this job, I get to help women. I get to help victims and I get to bring justice to situations that otherwise wouldn't have the justice. And, I feel like that was always part of my calling too. I feel like I was always supposed to be in law enforcement and now I got this opportunity and now I have this opportunity with you here today to discuss, you know, an infertility situation and 
kind of uh, just enlighten other women and let them know that it's okay. You don't have to be embarrassed. You can talk about it and normalize it. You know, it's, it's kind of like breastfeeding. Yeah. You know, a couple years ago, breastfeeding in public was a big no, no. And now today it's really become a normalized thing. And I think it's incredible. I think that those things happen because women, because we make a stand and say, we're not going to take this. We are going to discuss it and we're going to make it normal. And you're just going to have to accept it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Learn, learn from it, embrace it. Yeah, and, um, it changes society as a whole, and and that's how we make these changes: is just discussing things and um, and making a stand and making it known that you're not alone. All right. Well, what about what about like the beauty and the mess? I mean, when we talked last time, one of the things that I think is just really amazing and cool that getting to getting to the point where you feel like you can even like have this perspective, you know, like look at you're looking at things differently. It takes going through hard obstacles and hard stuff. You had mentioned that you're in Branson's relationship and your marriage and how that changed. Can you talk about that and also just any anything else that you feel like has come from that that is just inspirational and miraculous that this had to happen for that? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, in the military, things are really different. We don't really operate at the same speed as everyone else in their civilian relationships. And I know that they're difficult no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But Branson and I were newlyweds when we got transferred to Kodiak Island. It's a very, very isolated island. <laughs> we got there and my husband was underway about a week after we got there. So he got underway on a vessel. I didn't know when he was coming home. I knew it was probably going to be about a month. At that point, I was all by myself in our new house that we had. We'd never really lived together because in the military, we were always stationed in separate places. So when we were dating... We knew that if we wanted to stay together and transfer together, we had to get married. So we actually lived in opposite towns, about six hours apart. So we ended up getting married. We lived together for maybe a year and then moved all the way up to Alaska to this isolated little town where my husband was no longer at. (laughs) He was gone. And then I had no friends and I had to figure that all out by myself. And marriage was really, really difficult because how do you grow together if you're not even together? It's a challenge. And so he would come home and we would try to spend as much time together as we could. And and by the time that we're finally getting together and we're finally learning, like, Branson doesn't like to eat that much chicken. Um, (laughs) Branson hates when you put the toilet paper roll on going this way. It's got to go this way. (laughs) All the little isms. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what is why I'm laughing. Yeah, I get it. We get to learn their, their quirks. And then he's gone again. And then you you get your, your independence back all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, I sleep in the middle of the bed. Like, you can have this little section. And you get used to having beer in your fridge and, like, your meal prep meals. And then your husband comes home and eats all your meal prep meals and then goes and orders pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage disposals. <laughs> These are my struggles. Um, <laughs> so, as a whole, marriage was really hard to put us together. Yeah. Um, and then he got transferred to land and things were really starting to get, you know, really good. And then we hit this roadblock with infertility. And then at that point, um, you know, I don't think he really understood at that point how difficult it was. And um, just I think the best way to describe it is a bodily betrayal. Yeah. I looked at myself internally. I wanted to give him a child so badly. And I just felt like my body was betraying me and he didn't really he couldn't grasp that because in his mind 
it would happen when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. He's not, he's not thinking about the timeline. He's not thinking about how I might feel. And I didn't really voice it either. I didn't know how, because I didn't have any support. I didn't know that I had other female friends that were struggling with this. I had nothing. Yeah. All I could do was look at myself every day and say, I'm supposed to do this. What's wrong with me? And really beat myself up. And I think, you know, after trying for a couple of years that way, and then hearing what the doctor said, I think that's kind of when things really started to change for us. And at that point, Branson was really supportive and just kept saying, you know, we know that you have a bigger plan. Like we know that you are supposed to do this job and God has this plan for you. You're supposed to get this job. I know it's coming. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you in 2016, we had our dream sheet in and we were both transferred as wide ones. And I was like, okay, crap. <laughs> I didn't get this job. And then, lo and behold, I get this email. I read it. I forwarded it to Branson. I called him and I was like, oh my God, I think I, I think I got it. It's amazing. Um, it was, it was. And he said on the phone, he was like, I knew it. And, um, he was like, I knew you were supposed to get oh this job. It was incredible. So I, I went to training. God bless him because he did our entire household good move without me. He took care of everything, booked every yeah. hotel for, you know, a trip from Kodiak, Alaska, all the way to Louisiana, um, every state in between. And then we got here and it was the same thing all over again where he was like, okay, now we're doing fertility treatments. And a lot of people don't know this, but he gives me my HCG injections. So he, he looks like a little chemist in the bathroom with a needle and yeah. <laughs> mixing things. And he'll, he'll give me my HCG shots in my stomach. He's the worst nurse in the world. But <laughs> like no warning. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like a whole nother story. I'll have okay, to tell you right. after, but, okay. um, <laughs> he's a terrible nurse he has terrible terrible precision with the needle <laughs> um, this is painful we need somebody needs to hook this guy up with some lessons you can't go through that that's so funny do you laugh or are you like just hurting and in pain and just want to walk away afterwards like it's like a little bit of both I'm like that awkward laugher um <laughs> I want to slap you right now, but this is such a sweet thing you're doing. And oh. it's true. So um, I just, I just think throughout this entire thing, he has become such a, an anchor in our marriage and just, just everything that I have needed him to be, he has stepped up and given me more than I ever expected. You know, he's the guy that, you know, during an IUI, he's not down by your feet. He's up by your face, holding my hands. And just telling me everything's going to be okay. Kissing me on the cheek saying like, you've got this thing. Like, everything's good. This is it. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Amazing. He's been incredible. And um, I, I look at him today in a totally different light than I ever looked at him. And we've been married eight years now, but I, I look at him and I just don't know how the 23 year old man I married is the same 30 year old man today. And um, I'm 33. I look at him now and um, I'm just in awe of, of the man that he's become. And I know without him, we would not be the strong couple that we are today and, and where we are. And I know I couldn't have gone through this without him. You're so, we were just talking before the call. I didn't know that Ashley apparently is like a, she's, she's a writer. If you go to this blog and start reading her posts, it's just so evident that she you're just so good with words and you are really great about being concise and speaking 
like through your heart and it just comes out so clearly. And so anyway, I just want to tell you, that's amazing. Um, (laughs) you're welcome. And I think so many women listening to this are going to be, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of them are going to be hands up in the air. Like, yes, I know this feeling. Thank you so much for saying it. And there's going to be a lot of women who are just really insanely moved. And I think it's, you've like spoke so many lessons and just truths that can't be ignored. And I'm really just so excited because I hope it reaches to the ends of the earth. I, so. <laughs> I, I, I really, I really hope it does. And um, it doesn't even have to be an expectant mother to read it. Sure. If, uh, if it's just any woman in general who's struggling to figure out how to go about doing this and just wants to hear somebody else's struggle, it's open to anybody. And then at the very least, go share it. Yes. Help me get my story out there so that we can we can grow our family through adoption. And um, if you're thinking about it, please feel free to to message me and ask questions. I think you could tell I'm an open book at this point. I will yeah. let you know <laughs> what I've gone through. I love it. I think it's amazing. You're a rock star. All right. So yeah, tell me or tell them. I'm going to share for everybody. I'm going to share the link to the Facebook page in the show notes. So you'll be able to find it there, but can you just tell everybody, do you happen to have like the address or whatever, whatever it looks like in front of you? Um, I have it on my phone. Okay. It's up. Um, so it is, well, you probably just find it by looking up the name of it. Yeah. You can just look up the name. It's praying to adopt baby Wallace. Um, it, it just says at praying to adopt baby Wallace. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you just type into the search bar, praying to adopt a baby Wallace, you'll be able to find it, but go on there, join that and then share it. If you, like Ashley said, this is how we change the narrative. And this is also how we become a more compassionate and enlightened collective of women, whether you're a mama, like Ashley said, or not, what this world needs right now is more love and more support. And we need to know how we can support each other. And this is how we do it is by sharing our stories and by just speaking really candidly about like hashtag life. And <laughs> anyway, so, all right, babe. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Everybody go to the Facebook, share it, comment, give Ashley some love, give Ashley and Branson some love. And I also think we should totally get Branson on here one day. We should like do it. Cause I just, I want to squeeze him. Um, and I want to hear his, ask his perspective. IUI treatment. Ask him how he goes about injecting <laughs> <Okay>. that needle. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thanks I'm so excited. Have. We'll definitely be chatting with you, I think, again down the road. Maybe, maybe when baby comes or when the when baby when the, when we get the adoption and we can hear that side of the story. I I can't wait for it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey mamas, before you peace out, if what you just heard inspired you, made you feel like you've got a new BFF or simply reminded you of another mama, please share this episode or the podcast and be sure to tag me if you share it on social. My hope is to touch as many of you as possible and drive this mama-led movement. If you're with me, and I know that you are, please take a minute and leave a review. Hearing from you makes my heart so happy And your review could encourage another mama in need to hop on this journey with us. So let's make a pact. I'll bring the fire. And in return, you help me strengthen our mama collective. So we may together make the transformation from messy to truly inspired. Let's get it, mama.